Welcome to the first ever episode of Know Your Place Bradford, a new podcast about the people, places and history of Bradford. I'll be talking to the good people doing good things and finding out more about what's going on in the city. My name is Catherine Symes. I write a blog called You Can Take the Girl Out of Bradford. I started to write it when I was living in Italy because I wanted to write a more balanced account of what it was like to live abroad. It isn't all sunshine and prosecco in beautiful squares. I lived in Rome for eight years and while it's wonderful, like any big city, it has its fair share of problems in terms of terrible traffic, public transport, rubbish, graffiti and pickpocketing. When she came to visit, my mum always said that Bradford was so much cleaner than Rome. So when I came back to Bradford two years ago, I decided that it would be a good idea to continue writing the blog to help me reconnect with my hometown. I wanted to help promote the city and find out about what was going on in Bradford. What I've discovered is that while there are a lot of good things happening, people often tell me that they weren't aware of them. So part of my blog and this podcast is to promote what's going on in the city, tell our stories and provide a positive voice for Bradford. I want to talk to and hear from people whose voices you might not usually hear on a podcast, radio or television. And for that reason, I persuaded two of my best friends and fellow Bradfordians to join me and be my guinea pigs in this first initial episode of Know Your Place Bradford to talk about their views of our city. Would you like to introduce yourselves or is that the worst sentence in the English language or shall I do it for you? I think that's fine. Uh, My name's Glenn and I'm Catherine's friend. We've known each other for about 30 years and uh, Catherine's invited us to do this podcast it's the first one we've ever done, and I'm just excited because it's a new thing, and I like doing new things. Joanne? I'm Catherine's best friend, Joanne. But not for very much longer, but because not I for very much longer. Do she like makes this. me do things like this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely out of my comfort zone. Um, we've known each other since upper school. Well, what I suddenly realised is that I invited the two of you to be on this podcast, um, and... Then we, all three of us, have been to Buttershore Upper School, and that wasn't yeah. done on purpose. No. But it did make me think that the three of us, if sort of, although we weren't at school at the same time, we certainly had similar experiences and similar backgrounds, and stayed apart from my few years in Italy, stayed living in the Wibsey, Buttershore, yeah. Woodside. Yeah. For the past forty odd years. Yeah. I know. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. So there must be something that keeps us in Bradford, or in my case, brings us back. I suppose one of the problems with Bradford is that there's a lot of negative press around the city, which, as with anything, is justified in some ways. But there's also this real negativity that part of my blog and this podcast is trying to get around, is telling some positive stories. So let's start by being positive. And what things do you like about living in Bradford? Or when you think of Bradford or being here, what do you like about it? Well, I think that Bradford seems to have a a negative image, but when you actually live here and go into town and you go to the bars and the pubs and wherever, it's not as bad as the picture is painted. It's uh, it's a nicer place, the people seem friendly, it's uh, multicultural and that is important because we have a nice blend of different people and it's just it's a it's a nice place to be when you're moving around although it is I was sat on the positive so I went on to the negative 
Yeah, let's focus on the positives for now. Positive. So it is a lovely, it is a lovely, uh, it's a lot safer and a lot nicer than the um, uh, image would be portrayed, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. a bit like any big city. Somebody said to me that in terms of statistics, Manchester and Leeds would have more problems with crime and antisocial behaviour in the city centre, but that's not the image that's portrayed. They're sort of the, the more positive images yeah. are given a stronger focus in places like Leeds and Manchester. Yeah. It wouldn't put you off. No. going into the city. Yeah, so what would, I mean, because you are, as we all are, born and bred Bradfordians, and you would have a more positive image of the city, I think, than lots of other people. So what, you know, what, if you think about what do you like doing or other things that you think, yes, I am glad I live here because of? I think there's something about just our sort of upbringing, being working class and... The type of people we are that that just makes you a bit of more of a home bird, less likely to travel. We, you know, I like being around people that are like me. I feel at home in Bradford. It is my home. It's where I belong. And there's something about belonging that keeps you where where you are. That's why I feel comfortable going around Bradford, where other people come in. Basically, it's your own. Yeah, I suppose if if it's. It's a bit rough and tough, but it's your rough and tough. <laughs> well, it's like we were we were all brought up on estates, and you know, from an external and out an onlooker's perspective, you you think, oh, that looks scary, you know, the the yeah. hoodies and the. Uh, but there were my hoodies and my scary people and my scary estate, and it, I was I never for one second felt scared or under felt that any it was like that. Yeah. I mean, what I found in in Rome with the with the English people that I met or American people that I met, I found that a very different culture. It wasn't necessarily the the Italian people, which is supposed to be a different culture, it was the other English people who were yeah. not from Yorkshire or Bradford in particular. Um, there is something, <laughs> there is something about the Bradford sense of humour and this, this. I don't. Well, what do people say? We're, ne- we're never as negative. Nobody can ever be as negative about us as we can be to ourselves, I suppose. But I found this, a lot of my um, girlfriends would be very positive about each other and, you know, that, oh, don't you look amazing, you're so amazing, I love you. And I'm like, this isn't friendship. <laughs> like, what's this, people? <laughs> Why are people not putting each other down and taking the piss? You know, this is what I want from a friend. And, well, that's, that's, that's how we've been brought up, isn't it? It's just been rough and tough years. I think that's quite a northern thing as well, <laughs> it's it's just to take thing, yeah. the piss out of yourself. And, 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 and your friends. Yeah. And uh, and they do likewise. And I think that keeps you sort of grounded, really. Mm. You're not allowed to get heady and, and sort of above yeah. your station. You just yeah. become, uh, you know, what you, you are. You can always rely on your best friend to, to drag you back down. Back down. <laughs> yeah. You can, exactly. Which has its good and bad points, obviously. Yes. But, you know, for example, the name of this podcast I wanted to call Know Your Place Bradford because part of it I wanted to be about finding out more about the history of Bradford, which I know very little about, and the stories about Bradford. But part of it is this idea of knowing your place and, and being put in your place. And if you get too big for your boots, I mean, it's a very, it is a working class thing, but it is a very Bradford thing about not being too fancy and not being too, you know, yeah, right. not shouting it from and the rooftops. No, you know? but I think people warm to that as well. Um, obviously, I travel quite a bit with, with work and, and everybody's peacocking about where they've been, where they've lived, what they've done, all their experiences. But you get to talk to these people one on one and 
it's virtually impossible for me to to be like that and do that. So you, you're always very honest and just going, mm, I've not done anything, I've not been anywhere. I mean, I go to Spain every year for my holiday. And, you know, I've lived in Bradford for all my life. I've had the same boyfriend for 20 years. I've had the same job for 20 years. And, just, just for the record, we've been together 23 years. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then they're warm to you and they're like, oh, okay, I can relax now and just be normal rather than yeah. having to constantly sell myself. Yes. So there, there's something nice about that. Yeah, I think I think well, that's a Yorkshire thing as, as well, isn't it? You sort of uh, a bit sort of self-deprecating. Yeah, and yeah. Well, that's it because, as you said, that we all well, we all went to the same school at different times, but it was quite mixed when we went to that school. I don't know what Budshaw's like, and I think it probably is again. But when we went, there was certainly quite a wide variety of people going there. Yeah. So a lot of yeah. the people who we were in classes with did go on to university, but then. There were a lot of people, obviously, in that school who didn't. And there was certainly a lot of things going on. There was a lot of sport in the school at the time. There was certainly always a lot of drama and music, which I think has continued. Because yeah. um, when you were at the school, Glenn, that's when they were filming Reed Seal and Bob Two, which is right. what Buttershaw is famous for, of he course. He was filming at the time I was living in Buttershaw. In Buttershaw. And when, the, uh, when they were filming it, and I was, in, uh, I was in the fifth form, and I think I was sort of secretly... Desperate to be to be in it because they were, they were the, the the crew came to the school and they were they were looking for extras to play parts in the film uh, for classroom scenes and things like that and for the, the scenes where they're in Howarth and and various other bits. But they wanted kids that looked older and I didn't look old. I was a little bit short for my age and my I, just, I didn't look old enough. But they they had me going round because I was in the year I was and I knew everyone. Uh, trying to get people that looked old and bring them back so you could show them to these producer people to say, look, what about this person, what about this person? And I kind of were hoping in the background that they say, well, actually, you've done a lot of work for us. Would you like a spot in it? And, and they, of course, they never did. So. That might be a blessing in disguise. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Because that was obviously sort of the, the iconic film when we were growing up, wasn't it? Because it was literally filmed there and from there and Andrea yeah. Dunbar had written it was from the estate. Um, and just recently there's been... Well, we've all read the book by um, Adele Strike that came out um, about Andrea's life on yeah. the estate, which we all really enjoyed. Mm. And your mum read as well, didn't she, Glenn? Yeah. And... One of the quotes I really like from Andrea, Andrea Dunbar is because there's a lot of criticism in the 80s at the time of this wasn't real and this wasn't how people lived. And she said, basically, yes, it is. And, you know, I just write what's true and they can say it's not true, but yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is what. She certainly wasn't like. starstruck, was she? She was, she, no. you know, she, was, she, was, she was proper down to earth. I think it was all a bit, um, a little bit overwhelming in some. In some well, it must have been. Yeah. She, was, she was from a rough, one of the roughest council estates. Although you say that, and the press says that, I grew up there, yeah. and it didn't seem, you know, like I was frightened every time I walked down the street. You just it became your normal, yeah. And you know, I didn't get involved in drugs, and we didn't get stabbed or beaten up every other time you walked down. Some of the, that it was really poor, and it was yeah. you know deprived yeah. in, in every way. But you didn't feel. Everyone was in the same boat. I think that that was a that was yeah. a thing. So that that, that kind of uh, that became your norm, and it was everyone else's norm. So it didn't feel like you were. And you weren't comparing yourself to no. any other sort of lifestyle at the time because it 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 wasn't sort of constantly available to you in the same way. You know, you social the... media, TV. Yeah. Um, so everybody you knew 
had what you had or didn't have what you didn't have. And we all went to the same school. Yeah. And it, it, that was normal. Face the it same problems, same challenge. Just, just is what it is, isn't is it? Is what it is, yeah. Mm. I liked it, it was good. Yeah. But that play was, I mean, that so they, they put on the play then from the book, from Adele Strike's book there, Black Teeth and A White Smile, which, which we went to see yeah, at the Ambassador in Bradford, which was great. They, they staged it so well, didn't they? And it, But it does remind you that it's really rare sort of see those stories really on, yeah. a, on a stage or being performed yeah. even now 30, 40 years later yeah that was uh, she was definitely somebody recognised that talent mm. yeah because I don't think we'd have recognised it as somebody <coughs> on the same level as her it's just cringe factor isn't it it's like oh god you know it's too close to the bone and for Glenn's mum I know when she yeah. read the book she was like it's too close to the bone please if it, it, you, it's almost impossible for you to recognise that as being something outstanding at the time, because yeah. it was almost like it was just documenting what how was life was. Yeah. Life was like, well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so well, that's just how it is. Yeah. And it didn't... For us, yeah, but for people, you know, but somebody people from live London, somewhere else, yeah. they go, my God, is this yeah. how people live? Yeah. Real? In the yeah. North. Yes, in the North, with our whippets and everything. But no, it is, I mean, there is a part of Bradford that's really sort of insular like that. You were saying when we were growing up, you know, you didn't know anything else. And in some ways that's good and in some ways that's bad because we don't know yeah, anything right. else and there is that there is a, a challenge in that yes yeah. Yeah. yeah to know that there are other things that you could do but also yeah. should you have to move away from it you know to achieve success and again we've been reading a few books haven't we about this idea of if you start off working class but then you start reading you know you start reading books and you start writing books or you write a play does that mean that you automatically become middle class and move away from those sort of Bradford roots is it all about escaping uh, which is what Andrea Dunbar really didn't want to do I don't think you know she felt comfortable yeah with the people around her the where she lived what was secure her family her history her friends they were all uh, that's what she liked and there's nothing mm. wrong with that you know I, th- I think that it, it, it's interesting that we're uh, when, you, when you grow up in that sort of environment and you're not shown anything other than mm. what, what's got around you that's that's you know that, that's a bad thing mm. because you, you do need to uh, say well actually this is your life and you might be happy with it it's great but there are alternatives and this have you seen this and you go, oh, that yeah. might be more interesting because when I was growing up nobody ever I can't the the word university was never mentioned in our house it just wasn't um, wasn't expected it wasn't the done thing we didn't know anyone that had been to university my parents didn't they expected you to leave school get a job, pay your board money, mm. and then eventually leave. But <clears throat> with a job, and, yeah. and if you were, uh, if you had a trade, that was brilliant. Mm. If you were a plumber, electrician, or, you know, it was a mechanic or whatever, that, then you, that was, you've made it. Mm. Well done. You, you've got you've got a trade, you've got something to fall back on, and, that, and, that and, was, so much and that's for what that. they would say. Absolutely, I mean, they would. Yeah. 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 University is not the only no. No, way not. to be educated and... and and there's different ways to mind. educate yourself, exactly. you know, that's it. You know, my although both my parents went to university, they did it later in life. So my dad left yeah. Butchshore Upper School with no qualifications whatsoever and basically taught himself until he then went to university in his late 20s. Mm. I think almost we've lost that, that sense of educating yourself or that being important, you know, not to escape and not for a job to move away, but just to know things about the world and know things about where you're and from. Build, and build self-confidence. Yeah. I think that is the one thing university yes. can, can bring more than anything else. It's to know that you are equal to the other people out there that say they've got a degree and say they've studied and say they've done this, that and the other, you know. 
when you've not done it, you think well, they must be more intelligent mm. than me. They must know more, be more capable, have a different you know skill set. And I think that is the the one thing we lack as working class and a poorer community. It's that confidence mm. in yourself, and you, you do notice that. You notice how much other people have it. Yeah. But then you, you the more you experience, the more you realise that they're no different to you. They've just they've just got the confidence to. Which is so, what we what we need to do. So I'm more Bradford people on podcasts and putting it out there, I think. <laughs> One thing I was going to ask you about, speaking of, we were talking about uh, writers and culture and things. Bradford's putting in this bid to be the city of culture for 2025, 2025. And one of my, again, one of my concerns about that is... One, I really struggle with the word culture and I need to get somebody on this podcast who can explain to me how it enriches you and develops confidence and all those things that I know are really important and brings people together. But my concern about it would be that if it's, if it's going to be really positive for the city, I think it needs to involve all of us. And what I'm really hoping that the team who is not yet in place, I don't think, makes a real effort to involve as many different Bradford people as possible and, and think what will what do they want from it what do people in somewhere like Budshaw or Ravenscliff or Manningham what do they actually want and what do they think is important culturally and what would they like to see more of they, they were on about bringing the Mellor back to Bradford weren't they mm. and that, that, that was I think it must have been missing for about 10 years or something the Bradford Mellor Manningham Park where they had all the, uh, the festival that was a massive cultural impact on Bradford. See there, I didn't even realise it wasn't there anymore. 100,000 <laughs> people, I think, of the festival would attend, and that's an opportunity then to see uh, music, yeah. culture, clothing, um, food, mm. um, and a blend and a mix of, that's probably a really good place where everyone just, just mix it in together and they all get to sample yeah. What's, what's going the on? The music and food reaches said, everybody, yes, doesn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. Well, again, it's interesting, isn't it, that um, there's this tagline about Bradford that it was built on immigration, and, you know, 200 years ago, Bradford didn't really exist. You know, mm. It was a small market town. And then there was a massive influx of German traders, which is why mm. we have Little, Little Germany. Germany. And then, of course, we had all the Irish migrants as well. So the, the massive Irish population who faced a lot of the same difficulties that some of the Asian people then faced coming over in the 50s and the 60s. And then we had the early sort of Eastern European immigration after the war with the Ukrainians and the Polish people. I mean, mm. how many people did we go to school with who had Polish names yeah. who now wouldn't even... You know, their, their children probably don't know that that's... And the Italians as well that, yeah. you know, came over in the 60s who... And their children are sort of our age yeah. who still have quite a strong um, Italian connection. So there's when I came back from Italy and found out there were all these Italians in Keithley that I'd never <laughs> heard about or never realised were there. So actually the history of Bradford is a series of people coming and contributing and and maybe we don't give ourselves enough credit for that because we are doing it we are mm. you know getting on with life we are living side by side and, and together quite amicably so you know we should be giving credit for that because i think that would be a big thing in a lot of other places i think that's, um, that's a, a success of bradford that's what i mean it's a yeah, it's it a definite is. positive that we maybe take for granted that we don't acknowledge as much as as we maybe should we we obviously have problems but where you're never not going to have mm, any no, problems no. because people cling on to any sort of difference I think, when the. I think, I think there is still a lot of work to be done, of course, and I think it's yeah, that it's that telling of those stories that 
you know, before, 50, 60, 70 years ago, there were immigrants in Bradford, yeah. you know, there always yeah. has been, yeah. there always will be. Um, and it's that thing about, we are, you know, we are quite an insular people, but you, for example, I went to over to um, Rose today in Bradford, and I don't think I've ever been there before. So I think we're almost like we keep to our own areas of Bradford. I don't go to I did read Idol Twitch and I was thinking, where is Rose? I don't know where Rose is, I've heard of it. But. So we're terrible for doing that anyway. Um, but I think because of the, some of the problems that we have in, in Bradford with poverty in particular, you are going to get those pockets of places that are vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but the problems are more linked to poverty. Yes, exactly. Yeah. to racism or yeah. any sort of prejudice, yeah. really, when, when you get down to it, I'm sure. When you actually, actually ask people what they're worried about, yeah. it tends to be more to do with their own families and, you know, do my kids have... Um, you know, somewhere nice to play. Do they have a nice school to go to? Have we got a nice house? You know, house, it's all the things that is employment, yeah, education. Have we got enough money to go to a pub tonight? <laughs> I'm running out of fags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there is Genuine that, of course. Concerns. This was our, this was our youth. <laughs> <laughs> but there is that thing that we also. It seems like we we read a lot of books in our circle. But when we were. Um, so in, I always remember my mum talking about this as well. In the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, when a lot of the wool trade jobs were going and had gone and we lost sort of 40,000, 50,000 jobs. And so it's obviously going to be a massive problem for a city like Bradford. And there was this very good report. I remember my mum talking about it, identifying the problems that Bradford was going to have. If you've lost such a significant number of jobs and employment that was so vital to the city, a city had been built on the textile yeah. industry if all those jobs have gone what are you going to do with these populations whose jobs were were in there you know you need to do something f for it about it and we read this book and um, somebody recommended it to me called laugh i nearly went to bradford <laughs> and so in response to this report which identified the really serious problems in bradford it seemed to be that the solution was to have a bit of a pr campaign to, you know, say how great the city was. Now, obviously, that was to attract investment into the city. But to me, it would just seemed like a bit of a sticking plaster that, you know, so oh, let's get a bear and say Bradford, was it Bradford's bouncing back? Bradford's bouncing back, yeah. And this was in the sort of mid-80s, I think, mid to late-80s. Yeah. And the depressing yeah. thing about that book is that it could have been written today really, 30, yeah. 40 years yeah. later. <laughs> and all those same issues are still there. When, uh, particularly depressing, I suppose, was the, the end chapter when they were talking about all the things that would happen to the city that never happened. Yeah, their projections. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't. And, and I just feel like a, a lot of the things that have been done in the last 30, 40 years have been sticking plaster issues rather than the, the main problem, yeah. which is this loss of employment that yeah. we had yeah. and what that's done to various communities that have then turned to drugs and crime. Rather than address some of those issues... We've just gone, let's have a PR campaign. Yeah. And there's been about three in my lifetime, I'm sure. How do you address the question of poverty, lack of education, um, social housing? I know we'll get a bear. Yeah. And, and go around the city and, <laughs> and wave his hands and get everyone in. Yeah, I think um, that, was, that was probably judged, really. But uh, the, the idea was to try and promote... And, and if you get investment in, yes, I can understand yeah. that. But sometimes when you're trying to sell your city when it's still broken, I think that's a bit... Yeah, yeah that is. You know, fix your city, get your city where it should be, and that will in, it, in turn bring people yeah. in because they'll want to go there. If you start promoting it as a place to come and see, 
when it's you know wounded it's just people are going to go yeah I don't think so yeah I mean that's my difficulty in that what I'm trying to do is promote Bradford and as I say there's lots of really good things Hmm? but there's some fundamental big issues that we need to sort out and trying to pretend those don't exist by putting on a festival is is not no Mm -hmm. is not good enough but then you also need to try things as well you do um um, don't, don't look at me for any ideas yeah. about how we can, how we can sort silence of, how we can come up with an idea to make Bradford successful or, or booming or um, it's just it's just it's a place where you live it's a city not every city has to be a tourist attraction not every city no. has to be you know beautiful it has to work it has to be functional you have to get along with each other and it's nice when there's nice things to see it's nice when it's there's some pretty architecture or places to go, but fundamentally, it's just it has to work a, for the people who live there first and foremost, so isn't it? Yeah. People flying in and dropping in and saying, "Okay, well, let's do this and whipping everyone up and well, we're gonna have this campaign, that campaign. It's gonna it's gonna make it great again, and, and then dissipating and going away, and then you, you're left just for your town again. You just I don't know what the answer is really. I think it is about asking people what they want, really, fundamentally, rather than, like you say, people just dropping in with great ideas who don't necessarily understand the city or what it would need. I think, when certainly when we were, were young, we were growing up, if somebody had asked my parents, what do you think Bradford needs to, you know, to enhance it, to develop it, to make it better? They'd have gone, I don't know, I'm just thinking about my job. Mm. I've, got, I've, got, I've got to work, I'm thinking about Meet putting food on the table. Yeah. I'm part-time, my dad's full-time, we've got four kids, we live in a council house, It's life's difficult enough. And I'm thinking, I don't give a shit whether you put a festival on or you've got like a You're little museum you want to see. Yeah. And, 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 and for, all, all for forever yeah. kind of thing. Because you're right, it, it's time, energy and confidence and you're not going to have any of those things yeah. if, the like you say, your, your life is... Is that difficult? Yeah. You know, that's partly what it is, isn't it? And I think that's that's one of the difficulties with Bradford because there's a heck of a lot of people in a position where they can't think beyond their mm. nucleus because they're just trying to make it work day to day as a family. Yeah. It's really difficult. So the other people that are more willing to contribute and more willing to take part and come up with ideas and be creative are the people that are, are probably already more successful, if that's the right term, for Bradford than, yeah. than those that it would benefit most. I mean, the thing that I always find about Bradford is people say, you know, especially with all the social media and things, that it's really easy to get caught in a bubble. And I think not in Bradford. It's, it's not that easy to be caught in a bubble in Bradford, you know. If you went to the school that we went to, if you know people, if you just know people, then you are going to know those people who have different views to yeah, you, yeah. who don't think, you know, that the city of culture is a great idea. And and whilst it's a, I, I'm going to find ways to try and convince them that it is, you need to know that they don't agree with you, first of all, you know, that, or they're not interested, or, you yeah, know, so before yeah. you can do anything about it, really. It's a difficult job changing or winning heart, winning, winning minds, changing hearts, changing hearts, winning minds. <laughs> Both, so, the two together. Yeah, those things. Yeah, <laughs> hearts and minds, something like that. It's, that's a, it's, a, it's a difficult um, difficult sell, really. Mm. Um, because people, even people that live here in Bradford, have a negative opinion of their own town yeah. that they live in. But of also of anything 
whatever anybody does, it's like, oh, that won't work, or that won't be good, or that won't, you know, there's always that negative. I, mean, I suppose the big success story for me in the last few years has been City Park, which again, everybody was so negative about, that won't work, it'd be full of shopping trolleys. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It and people go there all the time and it's free. Yeah. And, and, you yeah. know, there's thousands of families use it yeah. all the time. I remember at lunchtime when I used to, I used to go for my lunch and I'd be sit there uh, when I was in Bradford and families would be there in the water. They've all got towels. The kids are sort of splashing around. It's brilliant. It's a really, really good thing to say, uh, to see. And uh, it's, everyone's doing it. Mm. And, it and it's, it's, that's a really, really good thing. And it makes you smile yeah. when you see yeah. that. Oh, that, that, that is good. Yeah, no, it's been a real surprise. And all that thing of social media, you know, it's very, it's so Instagrammable, that city park. If you yeah. look, if you look at the tag of city park, it yeah. is beautiful. You know, yeah. it does look, yeah, yeah. it does look amazing. So when my Italian friends on Instagram, Antonio came to, to visit me, his impression of Bradford was from my Instagram. So he thinks Bradford's a paradise of yeah. <laughs> blue skies and fountains and kids Grand enjoying themselves. Yeah. Which, of course, it is. So let's try and sort of use that yeah. Instagram lifestyle yeah. propaganda to, um, <laughs> to promote Bradford a bit. I think, I think that the, the, it's a, it is a wonderful thing and you can capture some really beautiful aspects of Bradford that people want to see. Yeah. That's but we do have the, the theatres. We've got a lot of great theatres to, to visit. Um, so, you know, if you had something then that would make people stay over a night or two nights, mm. you know, if there were shopping restaurants, something else that that'd make you stay for a night or two nights in addition to going to the Alhambra yeah. and the theatre. Or... I mean, all high streets now are struggling, aren't they? So we're moving away mm. from that sort of shopping culture, one, because it's online, but two, because I think we're going to have to move away yeah. from yeah. consumerism away from and, yeah, and just buying things. So yeah. Bradford... Um, in some ways, is at the forefront of that because but we've lost our yeah exactly. Real, uh, we lost that, but we lost that our high street a long time that is ago. Such a positive point. I love that. That is brilliant. Yeah, we're it's at the true. forefront of development because of our high street declined. But it's so we're going to have to think of something yeah. more interesting to do with it because right. we're not going to get those shops back now. Um, and we've got these amazing buildings that are, are empty and that, that is depressing to see and people say, oh, they're not all empty, Catherine. I'm like, but a lot of them are. Yeah. So we've got plans for the new food market, which could be really positive. We've obviously got Bradford Live, which is coming in the old Odeon Cinema, which would be great. And thankfully they didn't get rid of that building. That then I think is what do we look for in the future? Like you were saying, independent shops again are coming back um, and those sort of places that will bring experiences really that you can't get from just pushing a button and being online because I think again people are moving away from, from that really and wanting a bit more community and yeah. you know sense of engagement and participating in things. Yeah, I think it's a question of what you do with the shops that are there. I mean, Staying away from generic work, sort of shops is, is, is yeah. better if you've got specialised shops. And that's what you should utilise in Bradford. Yeah. They are doing. Mm -hmm. Which they are doing, yeah, with the market. I'm hoping, that, and I think they've taken this on board, that it's going to be a real mixture. So taking the best of what they already have at Osler Market, which is yeah. some great butchers and uh, greengrocers mm -hmm. and the, the Polish-Italian deli, which is amazing. Taking that, where people already shop, yeah. it's really busy and it's very cheap, taking that, 
putting that in and then mixing it with a food court or mm-hmm. some more upmarket, but making it Bradford as well. So it needs to be a combination Doesn't of attracting... Have to be upmarket. No, exactly. Such. It just has to be a nice environment. Yeah, a mixture. To be. I think we are getting there. I think we're all getting a little bit fed up of the... Other, other stuff, stuff. Yeah. and yeah. I don't want to spend my weekend shopping I'd rather just well, at least if we could go well, to a market well, do a shopping have a bit of lunch make it more mm. of a that's what the high street experience was all about though because yes, one shop was, and the yeah. next shop yes. and the next shop yeah, and the next yeah. shop well, until you got all your goods it was an activity almost yes. wasn't it it was shopping so it's bringing that back yeah. again isn't it I mean in Spain I don't know if you've seen the markets in Spain they have bars in the markets don't yeah. they so yeah. you have a little yeah, yeah. beer and then yeah. do shopping another little bit and a bit of tapas and obviously like that that's not our culture but in some ways it is our could be, you know, so it's it's bringing those things together and keeping what we already have or what we have, but bringing in new ideas as now well. Now, it's from somebody who is, is, has travelled, has lived in different countries and has uh, a more world worldly experience, more, more worldly view. Mm. Uh, and from your perspective and our perspective, I think that's a really interesting idea, but for people like my parents or for people that live you know, the road in Buttershaw, excuse me, um, I think that'll be a, they won't want that. But I know, and it's keeping that balance, it's a bit like, so the Fountains Cafe, Osla yeah, Market, that has to be in the new market. Norm, but, but you, you know. did used to go to the, I mean, Backs and Dolls. we did, we yeah, always exactly. did. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, we're just yeah. still there, yeah. I remember Mama having a currency cake, yeah. and a, yeah, exactly. and a pie toms, yeah, you go yeah, and have yeah. a pie and a glass of ties. So, we did do that, just in a slightly different... Yeah, but that's what I mean, that's what you need, like for want of a better word, you need the greasy spoon cafes yeah, yeah. in this new market, yeah. as well as, you yeah. know, something a bit different or fancy or whatever. Well, you know, well, they well, can like coexist. Yeah, type. you can celebrate that. Yeah. Yeah. London do it. Pie and mash shops. Yeah, exactly. And jelly deals. Yeah, they have. They have. I mean, and these are frequented by all. Yeah. Members of society. Yeah. It's brilliant. What I want to see in this market is somebody who's gone in for a really expensive piece of cheese or ham or something and then looks at the next stall and sees that you can buy a bag of peppers for a pound. Yeah. You know, that I want yeah. I want those to coexist together and I don't see why they can't really. So you're attracting new people in, but you've still got the people who have always used the market and always will use the market yeah, yeah. and you're not just saying, no, we don't want that anymore. So it needs to be a bit of a mixture, I think, if possible. It so that's what, we'll, that's what we'll push it for. It's getting people to who would go in and buy the expensive piece of cheese to rub alongside those that <laughs> <laughs> want and something. And then have a bacon sandwich. They want a week shopping for a fiver. <laughs> yeah. That's what you want. And they've it got is. a family of ten. <laughs> so you've, you've got to blend those two, get those people rubbing shoulders and going, you're a bit like me, I'm a bit like you. Exactly. And that's what, this, that's what I want this podcast as well to all be about. So... Thinking for the future and thinking about what I'm going to do with this and where I'm going to go with it. What would you, if you were listening to something about Bradford, what would you want to know about or find out about or who might you want to hear from? You, you need a blend of um, experiences and a blend of perspectives to, to get a, a, a true balance. Because as uh, positive as, as you are and as people that are in the comfortable position are and they can they can say oh this guy like this about rap I like that I like that it ain't gonna change anything unless if the majority of people in Bradford are you know on less than the average wage and, and struggling a bit and you've got a smaller percentage that are championing it unless you get those people on board you, you're not gonna the crusade ain't gonna work really you need to 
you need to get everyone sort of singing on a similar kind of hymn sheet really I think I don't know how that works I don't know how you get them I don't know how how you mix it up but that's what you kind of need to do I think you need to make sure that what you suggest and what you think is a good idea is relevant to those people that oh just interesting Bradfordian characters who have funny stories to tell that you'd tune yeah, in to listen good. to yeah. um, storytellers depends on what you want to do you want to keep it light I think I think we don't want to get too heavy do we <laughs> <laughs> he says <laughs> I've been depressed as all <laughs> Yeah, I think I think um, people like uh, Mad Anna who used to sit in John Street Market on that chair with a with a sort of a cane and, and no, I'm not yell at kids of, and stuff. Those no, sorts of but people. it just means <clears throat> stories. If she has something interesting people. to say, it'd be great. Interesting yeah. people. All right, so I need to find the interesting people in Bradford, which should not be that difficult, should it? The interesting people in Bradford with something to say, not always something that you want to hear, but that's all right as well, I think. But it's yet. a it's a work in progress. Mm. So I think we better leave it there because we will continue to talk all night. So I would just like to thank Joanne and Glenn for being my guinea pigs on this first episode. And uh, thank you for the beers. Hey. Cheers. And I hope you've enjoyed the first Know Your Place Bradford conversation and you will tune in for the next episode. (laughs) That'll never never get to where.